My name is Josh Alvarez. I'm Liam O'Donnell. And welcome to episode 44 of Cinepunks. Episode 44. Uh, we, I guess we we don't have a version of the host episode, you know. What's that, the host episode? Well, like Nerdist has like Hostful, where it's just the host and they don't oh. have a guest, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is kind of our version of that, although I think, you know, recently our soon-to-be guest, Justin Miller. Yeah, was making fun of us for not being prepared, <laughs> and he was being—he unf- was being purposely unfair, just to you know, to Josh. He was joshing. <laughs> he was—he was poking. He was pulling. Our he was legs. going after Liv because he felt that he couldn't make fun of me because we were. Well, not, he could, but he, just he could. But I don't know him as well way. as he knows you. So he was making fun, and one of his main suggestions is that we're often not entirely prepared. Yeah, and I got and I got defensive, and he had to—he had to say, "I'm just kidding." <laughs> because I, I, I came to our defense and I said, you know, we, we we aren't always as prepared as we could be, but we do prepare. Yeah. Which is funny because today's episode... We have absolutely nothing prepared. That's not fair. We have things to talk about. We, we have, have a lot of things. Yeah. So that, that's, I think, the the um, paradox of today. We have no topic, but we have, we have many things to talk about. Okay. Yeah. That's very, very true. We have yeah. a lot... Because I've been watching a lot of movies. Have, have you been watching a lot of movies? I have not been watching as many as you. You ha- are on this mission. Let's let's yeah my talk p- about that a little bit. You're trying to see a movie a week, at least one movie a week, and I'm counting movies that I haven't seen that I'm streaming. Sure. Oh snap! You know what? Yeah, no, I just I'm trying to see as many movies as I can. Uh, one a week is the minimum. Minimum. I like that you pointed out streaming. I I didn't get a chance to tell you this. I'm in talks with the folks at Shutter to have someone from Shutter oh. be on the show. Yeah, Shutter rules. I'm hoping for uh, the man Sam Zimmerman, who is now one of their 
They're curators. Program. Oh, yeah. okay. It's part of Turner Classic, isn't it? Is or, I don't know. Is that true? There is something they have like a bigger connection to a, a bigger like network, but I'm not sure what it is. But I thought it was like Turner Classic movies or something like that. We can ask Sam if he comes on or whoever from Shutter is able to come on the show. Yeah, that'll be sweet, man. I'm pulling for Sam Zimmerman because he goes to shows. Or I don't know oh. how much he gets to go anymore, but no he's shit. like a Long Island scene dude. Like a hardcore guy. Yeah. I think he's more probably on the like glass draw fan side. Right. Okay. But that's fine. That's cool. I, I that was know. a that was a thing. That was. It was a brief he's, a, he's actually in a band called uh Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers. Like the Cronenberg movie. Like the Jeremy Irons movie. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. Movie nerd, I see. Cinefunk. Yeah, they're pretty they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Uh, the band too. It's not like hugely my style of hardcore, but um, I would definitely book them for a show if if I still had the opportunity to book shows. <laughs> so back to what we were saying. This episode, it's not without meaning. It's not. No, it never is without meaning, if I can say. Um, but we do want to. I do. I, the only reason I even want to point that out is we are going to be delving deep. We we will have shows where we focus on a topic. I think. That is something that people have expressed to me. They enjoy. Um, we'll also have shows where we tell stories. So I don't want you to give up on the podcast just because today it's it's about us. Today's about us, and it's yeah, not about look, film per listen, se. Listen, man, we don't judge you when you get a little you time. How, yeah. come, how come Cinepunks can't have a little Cinepunks time? Yeah. But uh, we, we also want to shout out Amalgam Comics and yeah, Coffee. we're back at Amalgam. Where, where we are right now. Um, this place is awesome. It's we really love this great. place. And everyone who works here, Ariel, the owner, they're all wonderful people. And uh, they're also accommodating for us. So thank you again to Malcolm. Um, one of the things that's happened today is that Liam has given me my first uh, of the Justin Gray Burn to Build mm-hmm. t-shirt prints from, uh, that got printed at the LVAC. It looks good, right? It looks so sick. Big and thanks to LVAC. They really hooked it up. The shirts look great. Um, yeah, big, big, big up to Justin because our man Justin's the man. Mm-hmm. I love that dude. But... <laughs> We were finally able to have three X. So if you're listening to the show and you've been thinking, Cinepunks is prejudiced against my <laughs> my size. We have three X shirts. For we you. are not sizest. We are not a sizest podcast. Honestly, it was just a it was a thing of is it worth putting the money into this size right. until there's a demand for it. Well, there's a demand, so we got it. <laughs> the same way that if if a bunch of people hit us up. And especially if they pre-order and they want youth large because for some reason they're That's amazing. That's the thing that the kids like. Yeah, we'll get it for you. Do you know Justin Gray? Are you friends with him? I haven't met him, no. You've never met Justin I Gray? I really appreciate the design knowing that I've never met this person. Justin is one of the greatest dudes. I'll tell you. That's can great. I tell you a Justin We're story? friends on Facebook now, I think. Justin is, uh, I met him when I was playing in Belgost. And uh, he was one of those dudes that uh, just was, he wasn't in the band or anything, but like he did design for it. He did our record, you know, like he was just always like one of our good bros. And uh, he had to have like a stomach surgery one time because mm. uh, he had gotten in a bike accident and he had like all these problems and he had to have surgery done. <laughs> so on the day of the surgery, he was in the, med- the, the hospital or whatever. Sure. And he looked at the doctor and said, so doc, you're going to take the devil out of me? That is it great. It was genius. And that very night, uh, Belgas had played a show, and we hung pictures of Justin all over our amps. <laughs> that was like your memorial? It was just like, this is for you, big guy. It was our, it was our win it for the Gipper moment. Yeah, I guess awesome. I shouldn't say memorial, because that suggests that he died, yeah, which yeah, he did yeah. not. But, which is hilarious to do, I guess. <laughs> not really funny at no, all. not funny at all. Uh, another another okay. good Justin story is uh, one time we were coming home from a show, and he was with us, and he and I watched the... Uh, 
the rock movie, the Dune or Doom. That's sure, it. sure. On his iPod. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it was amazing. So ridiculous. An- another funny Justin story. This dude's the man. Like, oh burn to build. Are you kidding me right now? No, I'm not even kidding you because the dude's the man. I got to say it. Okay, do it. Because the world needs to know. But um, yeah, burn to build.com is his company. He does a lot of illustration stuff. I bought patches that have uh, quotes from Predator on it. There's one that uh, says, <laughs> I see the agency's got you pushing too many pencils. And then there's one that's like a big blood drop and it says, I ain't got time to bleed. So sweet. And uh, yeah, I'm into that. One time we were at a show together, me and Justin. We were in Disgraceland in South Philly, and we were watching Thorns of Life. Do you remember when uh, Blake Schwarzenbach from um, Jawbreaker had a band called Thorns of Life with Aaron Comet Bus? No idea. They were like a short-lived, I think they maybe did, and then they became like the Forgetters or something like that. Anyway, it was the first time that we had seen them, and uh, they played at the squat in South Philly. And me and Justin were hanging out, and it was a good time. And this dude kept on dancing all, like, wacky, like, wackadoo dancing guy. Like, just, like, he looked like a wet noodle that was being electrocuted, see? So, uh, and here's the thing about Justin. He's kind of, like, my main bad kid enabler. Oh, is that right? So, at the time, I was like, yo, watch me set this guy on fire with my lighter. And Justin was like, sweet. And I had this all planned out. I was going to grab the dude, light his shirt on fire, and then just laugh at him. That was my plan. (laughs) And Justin was totally on board with it. And that's why Justin's the fucking man. I'll always love that dude. And uh, thank you for the awesome design. And now it's time. And I didn't set that kid on fire. Just (laughs) I'm glad. (laughs) We're going to get so many angry. Actually, I feel like you should just start saying crazy things like that. Because if we got angry emails, that would be sick. (laughs) We haven't offended anyone yet. Hey, now it's time for our copyrighted segment. Whacking on, on track. track. Dude, it's awesome when we say it together. I like that. That's so much cool. We need we need theme music for it, but I don't have anything. But that's good though when we're like, and now it's time for Speak Whacking on No, no, you're supposed to say it with me. Okay. And now it's time for, for Whacking on, on track. track. Oh, so sick. So sick. Um, speaking of music, uh, well, let's not get there yet. We'll do it in a little bit. So uh, one of the things I wanted to say before we started whacking on track, we've, we we are in an interesting position because we don't get hit up. We, we have a platform. Yeah. I don't think the platform is very big. No. But it's there. But it's existing. And we occasionally get hit up to promote stuff. Uh, and personally, I don't think we get hit up enough. So Yeah. We definitely could be hit up more. So we're sure. going gonna to make the effort partly because of that. One of the things, we're not there yet. You haven't heard it yet, so I'll say it again. But first... The Videogram channel, channel, a gentleman named Magnus. I think he's, again. I think he's from Sweden. Right. Um, he he does this interesting music, and you're going to hear it later. They're they're basically horror inspired digital themes. Nice. Um, some of them have videos. Uh, you can check them out. Um, I think he has a Bandcamp. Videogram.bandcamp.com. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that, and you'll hear it a little bit later. But he was one of the people who hit us up. Mm-hmm. We also got hit up by uh, a gentleman about a movie called Everlasting. Mr. Stabley. Yes. Anthony Stabley hit us up. Um, this is a movie that features one of our favorite people in the world. Pat and Healy. By our, I mean mine, because Josh hasn't met him. But I've <laughs> met him. He's a great guy. I really like him. Pat Healy. Um, checked out the trailer. Looks crazy. I think you should check it out. Uh, just a little bit about it. It's playing Panic Fest, which is in, um, where is Panic Fest? Is that in uh, Kansas City, I think? Yeah. Um, I believe that's what the email said. I don't, I don't know inherently, like, oh, Panic Fest, of course. Kansas well, City. it played the Crystal Palace International Film Festival in London. Uh, did well there. I think the official U.S. premiere, according to this, is at Nevermore Film Festival. Ah. Um, it's going to be playing Panic Fest. I'm pretty sure it's in Kansas City because our man Nick Spachek. Spachek? Yeah. 
Awesome friend of the podcast. That dude's the man. Nick is the best. If you haven't checked out, oh, I know we're getting off track here, but if you haven't checked out Nick's uh, writings for Cinepunks. Yeah, well, all of his writing is great. Nuthousepunks.com is worth checking it out. I know he writes for a number of music journals, things like that, whatever. But he has a column for us called From the Stereo to the Screen. Is that yeah. right? From mm-hmm. your stereo to the screen. He just was writing about film music videos. Yeah. They're short little pieces, but everyone is great. I mean, yeah. he, he is awesome. He's a fun writer. He picks cool songs to write about. He has insights into them without getting, I mean, sometimes when we have good things to say, we kind of sound a little, it's, this is actually what was funny about that Justin conversation. Justin Harlan, who is like our biggest fan. Yeah, best dude. He's like I, my, I don't know if you guys know, but my relationship with him has now moved to like we have texted for a while, but now we've moved our insults to texting because the the, <laughs> the urgency of the insults is getting. <laughs> so recently, he expressed a horrible, horrifying opinion, just unacceptable. That being it, Lady Killers is one of the only good Coen Brothers oh. movies. That in fact, oh, that in fact of the he Coen, believes that of the Coen Brothers movies he's seen, which he admits he needs to revisit some of them. Right. Okay. Right. But that the only ones he really enjoys so far are Big Lebowski, of course, of course, and Lady Killers. That's it. So far. So no country for old men. Meh. I don't know what he's seen though. He didn't specify, but all just the fact that he lifted up. If you were to Dude, say to me, Lady Killers if, sucks. If you said to me. Hey Liam, what Coen Brothers movies aren't good? I'd say, oh, that's easy. Lady Killers and Intolerable Cruelty. Yeah, that's the list. Cruelty. That's the Awful. whole list. Yeah, he really hates. Now, granted, a lot of people didn't like Burn after reading. Yeah, and that's one of the ones he's seen, and he really didn't like it. Whatever. But okay, I, I don't know. I could if, see I don't how know that would give you a bad Coen Brothers taste, but dude, the, the point is not to make fun of Justin yet again. The point is, is that <laughs> we've been texting back and forth, and as we were arguing about this over text message, he was accusing me of being an elitist. Oh, and I think I come across that way. And one of the things I like about the reason this came up is one of the things I like about Nick's writing is he's insightful, but he never comes across as elitist. Right. The funny aspect is that I already mentioned Justin Miller, <laughs> separate dude who's going to be on the show, was making fun of us. He was making fun of us for not being elitist enough. He was saying <laughs> you should change the name of the podcast to Movie Punks instead of Cinepunks. Yeah, because Cine seems a little lofty for us. It's a little above our <laughs> grasp. Uh, the show's basically, he said, about <laughs> tentpole comic book kind of movies. Oh, man, I love that guy. <laughs> he's, he's just amazing. funny. I, I mean, and the, that whole thing, I do actually want to acknowledge the, that whole conversation started with him pointing out, you know, we went on this big thing on our Hateful Eight episode about uh, the Morricone score from Hateful Eight and how right. it reminded us of a horror movie. And then Justin was like, that's because it's from a horror movie. Morricone did a bunch of music for the, for thing, the thing that never we... got used. And that's what, and so there's only a little bit of original music. And I'm like... Oh, okay, cool. Well, I didn't know that, so <laughs> I can't know everything, okay? Dude, and and the, my retort to this was that apparently Justin doesn't pay enough attention to the podcast where when we talk about constantly how we don't have internet stuff up That's <laughs> while true. we're recording. But I do think, I mean, I do take both of those critiques to heart in that um, I take the Justin Harlan critique, even though he means it in a funny way. I take it seriously because uh, I want to be able to talk about all kinds of hoity-toity movies, but I want to do it in a way where no one is like, these guys think they're better than me. Yeah. Yo, if you saw how much of this croissant is in my beard right now. <laughs> it's amazing. We're it's eating snacks. Magical. We're eating snacks at, at the Amalgam <laughs> Coffee Shop, and I have so much croissant <laughs> in my beard. I'm not even supposed to be eating things like croissants, but <laughs> I just wanted it, so I had it. Um, clearly, I'm not an elitist of that. Side, so I, I want to avoid making anyone feel that way. On the other hand, I think underlying Justin's 
you know, busting on us is an actual thing of like, we do want to be prepared a little bit. We don't want people to feel like... Like we're just shooting off the cuff. Yeah, we're just like, oh, I don't know. It's fucking it's like, fine. Hey, we got these microphones. What do we do with them? You just talk. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> so, um, and I think that's just a... That's actually more of a symptom of us being busy that we will pick... Even when we've picked a topic ahead of time, we both do a little bit of research, but we don't do as much as maybe some other folks because we get busy. Josh's job doesn't allow him to be on the computer all day. Yeah. And he doesn't even, he's not, you're not a computer dude like No, me. I'm definitely not. He doesn't want to be on it. I'm on my computer when I'm home and I'm not at work. Yeah. But even now, you know, we, well, we're going to talk about this, how busy Cinepunks is right now. So. Yeah. It's pretty Let's sweet. just jump into the whack it on track. Josh, you've right. seen yeah. recently. Given my mission. A million movies. I've seen a lot. I've Let's seen a lot. Let's talk about that. What, have, what, what is, awesome and what is not so awesome um i guess what was the last movie we talked about spotlight yeah spotlight was the last thing well you hadn't seen it yet when we yeah. recorded okay the well, last time we recorded you hadn't seen spotlight yet i've i've seen spotlight since what did you think of ruffalo's accent it was off-putting but apparently he is spot on impersonating the dude he's supposed to be playing Okay. And they said that like all the affectations are there, like the hands in the pockets and the weird accent and the faces and all that stuff. Apparently, he spent a lot of time with that dude. Yeah. I wouldn't know because we did an internet research this, John. But uh, I did. That's how I knew that. I I, I looked it up. (laughs) But yeah, apparently, he he super duper like was a really spot on impersonation of that guy. Um, That movie was really good. It's difficult. And here's the thing that I also thought about with the big short. It's a difficult movie in that there is no character development for most of the characters in the movie. If anything, Mark Ruffalo is the only one who kind of goes through a change from the beginning to the end. But the whole thing isn't really a portrait of that. It's more of the, the facts of the matter. Sure. Same thing with the big short. Like there isn't like some big like cathartic moment in any of that movie. I, I mean, I would say uh, Spotlight benefits from the fact that there are a number of characters who don't take it seriously, yeah. and then start to like. One of my favorite aspects was the, and I forget his name, and I apologize for that. The guy from Mad Men. Yeah, older gentleman. The old, the white hair guy. Yeah, the silver fox. The silver fox. Uh, <laughs> I think his name is Serling in the show, but I don't know what is the actor's name is, which is unacceptable. I should know that. Right, right. Uh, and I apologize, but, but um, we don't research. Oh God damn it! Let's let's move on. <laughs> the reason I highlight him is he's so establishment against it. Let's leave it alone. Let's leave it alone. So much so that I started to like not trust his character. Yeah. So the sudden shift where he's like. Let's like, no, get, we let's, gotta go let's for get it. these fuckers. Yeah, is like, and I and I get that that part of that the movie sort of suggests that part of that comes from his own sense of guilt, his right. own feeling that maybe they fucked up and now they have to go for it because they might have fucked up. Right, I get that, but it was still interesting. It was more of an arc than you would expect from a movie in which these are all real people. You can't make it up. You can't be like, oh, this is what happened. like they are who they are. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so that's what happened. But um, that movie was good. Uh, after that, I saw Room. With um, worthy of the buzz, do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that um, Brie Larson was good. I thought that um, it was a uh, one of the best parts in the movie. I think. I mean, even though it was really depressing and sad, sure. was uh, William H Macy in there with a role as uh, the girl's dad and his like horrifically conflicted like approach right. to the kid right. and all that stuff is so brutal. Um. I thought that movie was good. I think it's. I mean, I think I thought it was pretty much worth the buzz. What do you think? Did you see it yet? I haven't gotten to see it yet. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a movie that I've wanted to see though. Like, I think sometimes because we do see a lot of movies, uh-huh. if there's something you haven't seen, people think like, "Oh, you're not into that." Mm-hmm. I just don't have time. I can't see everything. Yeah, no, it's true. Here's the thing. Here's what I liked about Room. Sure. Um, 
everybody knows who listens to the show, I'm a huge Hitchcock fan. Sure. And one sure. of my favorite Hitchcock movies is Lifeboat. I don't know if you know oh, that. Oh, no, I did not know that. Lifeboat is one of my most favorite movies of all time, right? Um, and the thing about it is, just like 12 Angry Men, Lifeboat occurs only in the lifeboat. And the way that you shoot it is what will make that movie what it is. So in Room, the first half, like maybe, you know, Act 1 and uh, first half of Act 2 happens inside the room. Sure. And the way they shoot it yeah. makes it look so huge, even though it's not, right? And I thought that's very Hitchcockian in its approach to uh, to the way it was shot and the look of it. So I really liked that part. And then just uh, the way the story unfolds after she gets out of the room and all that stuff, I thought that was very interesting and uh, thoughtfully done. I thought that was really good. And then after that, I watched Jabriath AD, a documentary about um, Jabriath on Fandor, which is another streaming platform that we adore collectively. Yeah, I think if if anyone's listening to this and has a connection with someone at Fandor, especially <laughs> if that person is at all related to punk, we would love to talk to somebody love. from Fandor. Yeah. yeah. Fandor actually has a lot of interesting punk movies on there now. It really does. It has all the decline in Western civilizations on there, like all three of them are on there. And um it has a bunch of uh like weird one off director bits. Sure. So it's pretty good. I was into it. But uh do you know about Jabriath at all? No, I don't know at all. Do you know who he is? No, not even a little bit. So Jabriath was a uh, a glam rocker around like nineteen seventy, like early seventies. Sure. Um, Morrissey is a huge fan of Jabriath, which is of course how I heard about him at all. Of course. But um, the documentary follows Jabriath and his like unfortunate like. He, he started in Hair. He was like one of the main uh, actors in the beginning of Hair. Had a lot of talent, really weird, gender-fluid kind of individual, but then he like openly declared himself as gay, and uh, he did this huge concept record that took a lot of money. Richard Gere is one of the, um, one of the backup singers, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, they put this huge record together, and then it went nowhere. Like It didn't go anywhere, and it kind of flopped. And then he did a second ac- record, called uh, Creatures on the Street, I think it was called. Sure. And it just didn't do well either. So then he kind of just floundered around in obscurity, and then he uh, he got AIDS and he died. So wow. it's like this really tragic like near miss of an icon. Sure. And uh, I really, I don't know if you know this about me, but I love the story of an icon in decline. Yeah? I really think that, that there's something aesthetically like completely pleasing to me about a person who was once at the pinnacle or at least the potential to be like the apex of something. And then they missed, or they stopped being popular for some reason, and then that was that. I don't know why that story holds so much for me, but it yeah. does, and That's I love interesting. it. That's yeah. really interesting. It's really weird. So, Jabriath AD, I saw that at home. And then after that, I saw Son of Saul. Oh, yeah. What did you think about it? It was devastating. That was part of... Um, I saw that with uh, our friend of the podcast and former guest, John Wren. Sure. And um, he hated it. He did not like it at all. It bummed him out. made him angry. Okay. I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. And it's pretty seldom that we see movies with friends and we have such polarized opinions. I can honestly say it probably hasn't happened very often at all. But it, maybe that's kind of representative of that movie. Is that yeah, that one it's is like definitely a very, polarizing movie. That's that's kind of interesting though. I like that. It was all show. It was all shot in close up. You know this. Yes. So everything that happens is in the background and blurry. And it makes it so much worse, like them dragging around dead bodies in the gas chamber and all that shit, all like not even at all focused at all, and just in the background is like. For those folks who don't know, Son of Saul is a Holocaust movie, and it's about the Zonder Commandos. I think is what they're called. Super, yeah, Zonder Commandos. Spelled like Super Commandos. I don't know. Yeah, basically they were the uh, 
Jewish folks at Auschwitz and other Yeah, camps. they were called the Keeper of the Secrets because they were the last people that the people would see before they got put in the gas chamber. Yeah, they were, they were sort of... Uh, it, I mean, honestly, it's kind of a brilliant way of controlling the population is having people who you think are on your side who are yeah. actually... Um, and, of course, famously, we know from their journals because it never actually happened and many of them died. Uh, but we know from their journals from that time that, that a lot of folks did it as a way to buy time to revolt. Yeah. That the plan was we'll do this awful, awful thing because we are going to fight back at some point. Right. Um, uh, as far as I know, there was never a successful no. revolt at any of the camps. None. But that we know that because of their journals that they kept and they had very intricate plans and all that sort of yeah. stuff. The, dude, that, that's all in this movie. The, the planning, they had this whole revolt plan, this escape route and everything. Sure. It's just a, it's a very interesting dissection, though, of, I guess, the weight of humanity on people. And sure. I thought I took it as an a interesting uh, uh, essay on the weight that we put on ourselves because of religion. Hmm. And um, it's, I thought it was really, really good. Um, again, I guess I'm a sucker for uh, out-of-the-box left of center uh, filming technique because I really like the, the I mean gr- not in all cases but yeah. not in all cases <laughs> no to be sure but I mean like I really liked I, I liked uh, The Revenant I liked the way uh, in your oh so you shoots. saw The Revenant I didn't see it yet oh you didn't see it yet no yeah yeah it was a good time I mean, you there's know. there's there's a list of Oscar-y movies that I've been meaning to see but I have not you haven't seen The Revenant yet no I haven't been well, we'll get to this, but I haven't really been able to go to the movies that much. I've been really busy. And in our main section, we'll talk a little bit about that. But right. The Revenant is one of the movies on my list that I, well, a lot of people I know who saw it hated it, but I liked it. The right people, I, I think, who saw it liked it. So yeah. that makes me like, okay, well, I'm willing to disagree with everybody. That's fine. right. The, here's the other thing, though, about um, my experience with Son of Saul. I told you about this. What's that? So I saw it with John. Oh, yeah. John's a pretty severe dude, right? I mean, like, he's a fun guy. He's a good dude, but uh, he always is, like, kind of, like, a serious way about him, right? And um, I thought it would be funny to wear a Hawaiian shirt to this movie, which I did. And then I felt like an asshole as the uh, story of the Jewish Holocaust is unfolding before me. And I am weeping bitter tears wearing a very festive bright yellow Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to judge you, but I do yeah, feel no, like that I was would a poor totally, choice. I, des- I deserve your judgment, I feel. It was, it was, was not the best. Not a good idea. A poorly thought out plan. It, it, so. it could be worse. It could have gone worse. <laughs> it could have. It could have, but it didn't. I could have worn my Pantera shirt to the show. Anyway, the uh, other thing. The, uh, so, so Son of Saul was so devastating. I had to watch uh, another movie, a palate cleanser, if sure, you will. And sure. I finished the week off with uh, Kung Fu Panda 3. Yeah, you said you mentioned in the lead up to recording <laughs> that, that was going to be on your list of things you wanted to talk about, and I find that interesting. Yeah, that why I, do we? What, what? Tell me about this kung fu. Are you? Well, let's start with this. Are you a fan of the series prior to this movie? I celebrate the entire canon. Okay. It, yeah, it's fun. I mean, you know, did this live up to your expectations? Yeah, it did. I mean, it's hard for me not to identify with a panda that does karate. I don't know. Just the thing that I think about. You know, when I when I self evaluate <laughs> so uh it's a good time uh i mean like you know if you like the kung fu panda movies you're gonna like it you know that's just what it is do you like watching anthropomorphic animals fight karate style i do so there you go that's what i'm into 
I like the Kung Fu Panda movies. <laughs> I was not expecting to. I watched the first one, not under protest, but not expecting. And, and it was not a positive environment to watch it. I was actually, this was when I was still at Broadshead Ministry. Uh-huh. And I was working overnight with folks. At the cafe. At the cafe. And I didn't know how a kid's movie would go over with uh, the mostly, not mostly elderly, but older homeless population that was staying at the overnight cafe. Yeah, For those out. of you who don't know, it's called a cafe is that um, the city won't fund more shelters. Yeah. So, so officially the there, there are no more shelters, but a lot of places in the winter host overnight cafes, which on the books means it's just a place to get in from the cold, but no one goes to sleep there. But of course everyone goes to sleep. Yeah. yeah but yeah. because of the, this is what's crazy about a cafe. If you were to provide beds at the cafe, your yeah. cafe could get shut down. It's true. Because then it would officially be a shelter. For those of you who think that homelessness is not still an important issue you should be concerned about, um, straight up, if you're not still angry about that, probably something is wrong with you. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> um, anyways, the point is, is that that was the environment. It was 2 in the morning at the cafe. Yeah. That's like about the time people are either going to go to sleep or they're going to invest in a movie. And I put on Kung Fu Panda, and it played. People and were into people it. People were stoked, and I was stoked. I could not believe Dude, how much I liked it. I do that shit all the time at work at my job. Is that right? <laughs> You'd be surprised the movies that I keep on tap. I have like Shark's Tale. I have a uh, uh, Never Ending Story. These movies. Well, with the with the folks at the cafe too. You also, I mean, you run a risk of people getting too hype on it. Yeah. But but also having like some gangster movies always goes over well, you know. So I would just pick the ones that I like. Like I don't want some like new ass American movie gangster. with a rapper or whatever. But I would bring in like one time I brought in Across 110th Street. Oh, great! That movie. was the movie to play yeah. at the cafe. People were like, "What?" <laughs> Getting so stoked. That was cool. I, the other thing you find at uh, uh, at the cafe is how popular bootlegs are with folks who oh, live on the street because they're so, so cheap. Popular. Yeah, but like uh, sometimes they don't think it all the way through. So we had a bootleg copy of Avatar. Ah, and it was uh, from the internet, obviously. Nice, because even even folks living on the street don't want your handheld bootleg. <laughs> they, it has to be from the internet, <laughs> and so they have this bootleg that some dude bought for like five bucks on the street, and it was Avatar. Avatar was in theaters at the time. Nice, and uh, the subtitles were in Russian, and, and they didn't was, like it. He was just like, "Oh, whatever, who cares?" And I'm like, "Bro, this is a, <laughs> this is this is an alien movie." He's like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "So the aliens don't speak English?" He's like, "Yeah," and I'm like. So if the aliens are subtitled in Russian, how are you going to know what they're saying? And he's like, they'll also be English subtitles. I'm like, uh, <laughs> not so f- sure. Five bucks, which is what you paid for this movie, tells me there won't be. And I was right. There were not. Lo and behold, your Russian wasn't so good. You didn't know what was going on, huh? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's Avatar, so no big loss. But Yeah, there you go. So uh, you've shared quite a few on tracks with us. Yes. Do you have a whack? Do I have a whack? Snow is whack. Not in the snow. Yeah, if you are not in the Northeast, you do not know. We got record snow. Yeah, we did. You got fucked way more than we did, though. In, in Easton, one day of snow, three feet. They've Good never had that much snow God. in one day. Man. Ever. Ever. That is awful. That's such a bummer. I wasn't a fan. That happened. Um, someone egged all the cars on my street. Also a bummer. Yeah, that's not cool. It was just like, dude, egging? Really? It's 2016. We all have internet. What are you doing? Like, do something else. Yeah, you could be watching but, pornography right now, and instead you're egging cars. <laughs> yeah, instead you're egging cars. So that sucked. Yeah, um, not everybody has internet, though. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, how about that? If only internet Information was free. Information is not free. 
I'll I'll be down. I think we should probably get free healthcare first, but just after that, internet would also yeah. be good. <laughs> free internet next. Yeah. All right. Fair any enough. other any other wax? Did you so? You, but you don't have any wax. Like no, as far there, as going to the movies, you you've been killing it. There is not one movie that I saw that I was like, man, this was a bummer. What the fuck? That's did awesome. I just do? Yeah. No. Not yet. Well, for my um, whacking on track, I'm actually my first movie is a movie that uh, I know that you also saw recently, even though you didn't mention in your thing, which is good because that means I can talk about it. Uh, oh, freely. Anomalisa. Yep, is the only movie I've seen in the theater since we last recorded. Oh, uh, I thought we talked about that on the show. We didn't. Did I? Did I talk about it? I think oh. you mentioned really liking it. I think yeah. you had just seen it the last time we recorded. Right. Okay. Um, I just want to just. You know, because it's the only thing I've seen in the theater. I really liked it. I really, yeah. really liked it. It's amazing. It was just, an, it was an amazing film. And what? Well, what's your stance on Charlie Kaufman movies in general? Um, I think I'm pro Charlie Kaufman right. overall. Overall, I think, I think I get some of the critiques of him. Like uh-huh. his movies are very, uh, because they, in some ways, are almost always about him uh-huh. in some version of himself. They are very male movies, right? Uh, and not male. Something about a man, a very male movie that's a testosterone movie, I can discount as ludicrous. Like Fast and Furious. Well, I don't like those movies, but because you don't like our freedom. In theory, something like Fast and Furious. Right. The thing about Charlie Kaufman movies is if they bother you about how male they are, it's like a very pathetic, needy maleness that. Yeah, I it's don't a pejorative think, male perspective, and it doesn't really relate well to. I don't think the females represented in his movies, and some of his movies are very well represented. And right. Whatever. I don't think that makes him not amazing, though. I like uh-huh. most of his movies. I would say that's fair. I would say that here's the thing with Anomalisa. The, uh, the production process caters the movie so much harder sure. than his unbridled Kaufmanist. So yeah. if you compare this to Synecdoche, New York, Synecdoche could have ended like six or seven times throughout that sure. movie. It's so long. Sure. Maybe it's not like runtime long, but it just feels fucking long. It's it wears you out. And this movie is so tight because they only had so much time to do uh, what ended up being like what, an 80-minute movie? Well, in the story, I mean, it, it's also just a very well-told story. It doesn't need anything more than it has. I think any yeah. any more going on would miss the point of it, right. you know. I mean, it's really just the story of like a one night stand, but you get so many layers because it's about what's going on with him. And I think, I mean, uh, spoilers. Let's yeah. Go ahead and say that. Well, I just think the ending is the fine. Not that the movie isn't great the whole time, but the yeah. ending really like nails it for me when it's when, really clear. When she's riding away. Yeah, because it becomes really clear that the problem is him. Yeah. There's still this feeling through some of the movie of what is going on here. Yeah. Is the world against him is this and really that last shot really confirms for you what you kind of suspect by the end which is that, that he's the one who's fucked up the yeah, whole time it's yeah. his it's his problem it's nothing's wrong with the world there's something yeah. wrong with him yeah and i think that is the sort of story i think charlie kaufman has wanted to tell for a long time right and not that he hasn't but this is just the best for me the best version of that the best distilled story. version of the charlie kaufman story yeah, I mean, not that he isn't. Not, I don't want to conflate all those stories, but they're all related in some to ways. Yeah. yeah, it feels that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I thought it was great. It was yeah. really amazing. I love that movie. Um, I have not otherwise been able to go to the movies that much. I've just been super busy. I have watched uh, a few things. You know, <clears throat> one of the things we're going to talk about is 
I've joined a good friend of the podcast, Doug Tilly, yeah. on Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But obviously, part of my commitment of that is Eric Roberts movies. And right. So if, you've been watching a lot of Eric Roberts movies? Well, so if people don't know Eric Roberts, they might immediately assume that's a bad thing. Because right. people don't realize how diverse his career is and that he's actually been in some amazing films. He's been in the Batman movies. I don't care about that. But um, I mean, saying. I'm just saying the parts of his career where he was the star. Right. He was there. Is that the only movies you watch, like where he's like the star? Or no, we were doing everything. Ancillary which movie is, which roles. is like, I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that's like 400 films. Good God. It's so, I, it might even be more than that. I think actually, if you take in all the TV and music video appearances, Doug believes we'll be doing this show for the rest of our lives. Wow. So uh, the point being, all of the movies that I think of as the prestigious Eric Roberts movies. Right. The movies that if someone says, Eric Roberts is bullshit, you can go, well, his early career, he did some amazing things. Those are all done with. We're really scraping the bottom of the barrel now. No. Not too bad, but it's starting to happen. And so part of the reality is that's the fun for Doug. He doesn't want to just talk about the movies everybody knows. Like, what are the, what are the, like, if you, if you were to throw up, like, an Eric Roberts movie that's, like, good. Oh, like, um, King of the Gypsies, Raggedy Man. I've not uh, seen those. What's the other one? Uh, there's, I would say, before Julia gets famous, a lot of the movies before anyone knew, people. For, again, you are probably an example of this. Most people just know him now as Julia Roberts' brother. But there was a huge time before anyone knew who she was. She hadn't been in a single movie yet. Right. He was huge. He was considered one of the biggest leading men in Hollywood. Huh. No shit. Yeah. That's funny. And it's only now that he's been in literally three hundred things that are terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm exaggerating. I mean, part of the point of the podcast is that Eric Roberts is the man. And honestly, <laughs> what's funny about Aren't this... Aren't sworn to like not deride the name of Eric Roberts? No, it's not like that. Oh, okay. But I am sworn to dedicate my life to him. And, <laughs> and I, have, I have now. And honestly, it's funny because the thesis of the podcast still stands, even as we're watching some terrible things. Yeah. So I recently watched Blood Red. Um, that's a movie uh, with Eric Roberts and Dennis Hopper, in which Dennis Hopper attempts to have a uh, Irish accent. Nice. Oh, it's so bad. It's so good. It's so bad. Uh, we also watched. Oh, I don't. I didn't put it in my letterbox. I got to remember to put it in. We also watched Best of the Best Two. Oh, oh, oh. I loved it. I love Best of the Best Two. Best um, of the Best One is pretty awesome too. Uh, what are the other? For the most recent episode, we had to watch Amazing Racer. Um, it's like a feel good. This is what's funny about Amazing Racer. It's like a feel good family movie about a horse, like a family drama about a horse. Yeah, that has Eric Roberts and Michael Madsen in it. Whoa, what the fuck, dude? That's the best family ever. Yeah, and then um, you know I don't remember. There was another Eric Roberts movie I had to watch. Oh yes, I do. It's right up here. Uh, Assault on Wall Street. <laughs> It's an Uwe Boll movie. Uh, it's so bad. It's, dude. I was more excited for that one than um, Amazing Racer because it's an action movie. I thought it'd be so cool, and it's not so cool at all. <laughs> it's actually really, really bad. So I've, I've watched, as far as whack, yeah. Eric, Eric Roberts movies, but that's just so far. I'm sure they're, like I said, but we also, for my episode, that we've we've only done one with me as a co-host, Yeah, we talked about Best of the Best 2. Best of the Best 2 is not a great movie, but it was so much fun. It's such a good movie. So I think 
um, there's still shining gems like that. I think, though, I'm supposed to be like Doug, stoked for everything. So I'm trying to get that excitement. Right. I mean, there were things about Amazing Racer that I really actually loved, even though it was not a good movie. Uh-huh. I mean, first of all, it's set in Western Pennsylvania. The, <laughs> the racing in the movie is that weird cart. You know the racing where you're in the cart behind? Yeah, the where they wh- pull the thing? Yeah, but it's not like a chariot. It's like no. a fucking, you're like leaning back in and a weird way. It's like way. super long so, wooden So Pennsylvania. So yeah, Pennsylvania. So Dutch. Uh, so Pennsylvania Dutch. You know that's just a mispronunciation, right? I don't give a shit. They're German. It's Pennsylvania Deutsch. Yeah? Yeah. Well, keep on with your lists. <laughs> Deutsch bag. You're such an <laughs> asshole. Um, uh, I also recently watched a movie that's on a lot of was on a lot of people's end of year list, so I, I made an effort to see it. A pigeon sat on a branch, reflecting on existence. Ah, where is this guy from? Actually, I'm going to click on this really quick on my letterbox because I, I don't remember where this director's from, but he's pretty well known. Um, let me see here. Directed by Roy Anderson. Where is this from, though? I don't see it. Oh, that's a bummer. Okay. <laughs> Crew, studios, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Right. Point, point, uh, it might be Swedish, actually. I'm not sure. Anyways, people have heard of this guy. He did a series of these movies that are very absurdist, very yeah. ridiculous. They have a, the movie shot basically with a static camera. So every scene is like a scene. Yeah. Like the camera doesn't like move. Staged. People sort of walk in and out. Yeah. Everyone is old and fat and has makeup on to make them look more pale as opposed to more everyone looks more and human. Yeah. yeah. And all the situations, it's like the most dry humor. Yeah. It's Did you very, like it? I loved it. Yeah. I really loved it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily have put it on my end of year list per se, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what to expect. And it was right. so ridiculous that I was like, oh, okay, I really like this. I mean, I think this one of the other ones is a little more heavy handed in actually having something to say. I think some yeah. of the other ones are just ridiculous, but I haven't seen them. So I don't know. I was right. just reading about them and it seemed that way, but I didn't mind that. I liked that it had a little bit of commentary in it, even if it's hard to have any sort of direct voice because everything is ludicrous. It's all just situationist, weird. Why is this happening right now? Did you enjoy it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Sounds fun though. Yeah. I really liked it. So, um, (laughs) and then just last night, I haven't put it on my letterbox yet, but, uh, just last night I rewatched Ninja Busters. I still haven't seen it. Dude. Yeah. You need to watch it. Yeah. I know. Cause don't you, did you get a copy? No. Oh, I should have brought my copy for you to watch. No, it's okay. I'll get it. I mean, you know, we got Exhumed coming up, so Joseph will be there. I'll probably see if I can uh, buy a copy off of him for that. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Too. Yeah. So, um, that's, so, that's uh, as far as other on-track stuff, um, I really, really, really have to say I had a great weekend. I was asked to do a retreat for some students at Lafayette University. It was like a kind of a check-in these are students are in an organization called kaleidoscope yeah and they deal with like diversity social justice related issues and one of the things they mostly do is lead conversations on the campus so like mm. you want to have a group talk about something and they come and they facilitate it or whatever uh it seems to me to be pretty thankless work is, you know <laughs> you know how it is basically talking to i mean just to be honest talking to white people about their fucked up shit 
yeah just wears you out and it's not and obviously that's not just it they also deal with gender and sexuality there's a lot of things but the idea is talking to people who don't want to have that conversation so that they and they and they it seems like they find themselves either talking to people who already agree with them so it's like you're in the echo chamber or you're talking to people who are hostile they don't even want to have they don't want to know what you're talking about so uh this retreat was sort of like their check-in midway through the year and Mm -hmm. i hadn't gotten an opportunity to work with this group before this was just like out of nowhere uh, a friend from Sousa's church asked me to do it. They're not a religious group. It wasn't that kind of retreat, but it was yeah. like uh, getting them to talk. And I just, uh, it was like a whole weekend long thing. No, it was just a Saturday, but it was, it was all day and it, you yeah. know, it was cool. Yeah. It just made me, it just reminded me that, you know, these are the sorts of things I used to do all the time, leading groups in conversations, helping people figure stuff out, yeah. speaking in front of people. And I just get less opportunity to do it now, especially up in Easton. I don't know anybody. No one knows that I can do that. You're good at and it. And I haven't tried to like market it. I don't even know how I would do that. So yeah. being reminded of like, oh, wait, I have a skill. <laughs> and it's actually, and I'm, 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 I'm actually really good, is like, a, you know, it was cool. And then the next yeah. day mm-hmm. I got to preach at a church it was like a pastor was going to be away and he asked me to come preach and nice it's hard a little bit because i think in any new church i don't know how they're going to respond to me you know uh-huh. and and i always have to like kind of edit myself a little bit but it went well you yeah know? so it was cool. just a and it's always good to have a weekend where you actually make some money was, yeah you nice. just hang out and you do good stuff mm-hmm. do good work um <laughs> Again, I don't know that I have. I mean, obviously, the whack. I already said some of the Eric Roberts movies I've seen, and but I haven't. Snow, snow as well. <laughs> um, I think in general, this is also that on track though. It's just being busy. So the plus of being yeah. busy, we're going to talk about is some of the new things we've gotten to do and some exciting coming down the pike. But as far as whack, like I haven't gotten to write anything like watching Ninja Busters. I want to write about that on yeah. Cinepunks, and I'm I'm saying it on the show so that you guys will hold me to it. I want right. to write about. Ninja Busters for Cinepunks. And I think they'd like me to write about it for Synapse, too. And nice. I don't even know if I can write two things. But uh, uh, but I've been so busy. and Doing stuff. This past weekend, what I was busy with was fun. That was a good... I was glad I did those things. Yeah. But I've been busy recently with a lot of things that I am not as excited about. So right. trying to negotiate that has been difficult. You know? And again, you know, who am I to come... Plane. I'm sure there are people who are far busier than me with yeah. far sh- more stressful things, or people who wish they were busy because they had nothing going on. So I'm, I'm not trying to have a pity party. It's just in relation to this podcast. You know, I want to be watching movies. I want to yeah. be thinking about that. I even want to be reading more about movies films and things like and that. And I just haven't found the time. It's really frustrating. Right. Well, hey, man. All things in their own order. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. So that was our whacking on track. All right. We're going to take a brief break, uh, and we're going to come back for the main section of the show. During this break, you're going to be, as we said before, hearing some music from Videogram. The Magnus from Videogram, he just hit us up. He hit us up. He said, hey, I do this thing. It's kind of cool. Would you like to talk about it on the show? I said, sure. And he gave us a download for some, some songs to include. So, so. Um, he, he, you may have seen it written up in AV Club, Tom Holland's Terror Time. Uh, Tom Holland's Terror. Have you ever checked out Tom Holland's Terror no, Time? No. Tom Holland has like a little like online community and mini show where he talks nice. about horror-related stuff. It's pretty cool. And sometimes they do like shorts and stuff like that. Um, anyway, so check it out, Videogram. Um, they also have a YouTube channel that we'll link to on the on the John. Um, but yeah, we're going to, I believe we're going to be playing, I think either Voorhees Stomp. <laughs> no, we're going to do Camp Blood. We'll be nice. you're hearing, uh, you're about to hear. Uh, and then come on back with us. All right. See you in a bit. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Cinepunks. So, uh, again, as we had mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, this is kind of the episode where we uh, have a lot to talk about, but we don't have a theme specifically. Yeah, that's fair. So uh, the reason that we don't have really a theme is because we've been so busy doing all of our things. It's been a very intense, lots of things going on. Lots of stuff going on. Um, not just for uh, Cinepunks. Like, personally, we got a lot of shit going on, too, right? Like, you got a lot of work stuff that you've been doing. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been, it's been interesting because for a while, and I, I don't know how much I said on the show, but for a while I felt like there was nothing going on. Like, yeah. it just felt very sort of, I was spinning my wheels, and then I got briefly busy with a conference I was presenting at, and then we were traveling for to go see Suze's family. And then as soon as I got back, it just felt like stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff. Yeah. So do you do you have it where a lot of your friends are like, "How do you do all the shit that you do?" Well, you know what? I don't. I I actually get the feeling that people take me seriously. So whenever anyone asks me what I'm doing, I'm always like, "Well, not much." Oh. <laughs> and I think that people. Uh, I I I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but. A majority of people I know don't listen to the show. Right. And a good chunk of that majority also just don't pay attention to me on social media. And I think the reality is I'm annoying. Uh, (laughs) I post a lot of stuff. Uh, I know a lot of people who aren't that interested in politics, and I post a lot of political stuff. Yeah. I know a lot of people who don't care that much about movies, or they don't care about hardcore, or they don't care about some other thing that I care about. That you love. And so they just kind of tune me out. Right. That's at least my perception from people because people will regularly ask me about something. And not that anyone's obligated to pay attention to right. my social media. It's just, it's something that is kind of out there. And they'll be like, I've had people say, I've actually now had 
maybe 10 people who I think of as not good friends, but people I know yeah. say, oh yeah, we I saw you post about that. What is Cinepunks? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Just have no like, idea. Is this like a thing you like? Yeah. I'm like, uh, I am Cinepunks. It's motherfucker. my show, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, so, that's funny. Yeah, so uh, just realizing that not everyone is who knows me and wants to talk to me is obligated to keep up with what I say on the internet. <laughs> so th- all that to say, I, I, I have... think people, when I do all this stuff, um, I because Cinepunks doesn't make money yet, Synapse doesn't make me any money, even like th- when I do stuff with This Is Hardcore, it doesn't really make that much money, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think I have this image that like I'm not doing anything. Even now I'm working a job. Like just like we were just saying, like this past week I have a church I'm doing consulting work with. We have stuff coming up. I ran a retreat. I preached. Uh, and then we have all the Cinepunks things. Like we now are, have multiple shows. Yeah. We have writers coming all the time. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit. But the point is, is that it's actually a lot of stuff, but when people ask me what you've been up to, I'm like, you know, I've been busy, but nothing new, <laughs> you know, whatever. I kind of lay it down, and I and I don't know why. Sometimes, I mean, God damn it, I didn't know. Well, you, you like to stay available. You like to yeah, stay that's, open. That's true. So when people ask you, it's typically because they got something awesome to tell you that they want you. To not be yet. Part of. Not so far. Not a, not no? a single thing. No. <laughs> no one's offered me anything. It really blows. Yeah, man. Guys, no, I, but I come think, on, people, get on that. No, I think more along the lines of. Um, I think it's that uh, I I don't want to say it's like false humility, but it's a feeling of like people. I I predict that people won't take it seriously. So if I say like <laughs> I'm really busy with Cinepunks, they're gonna be like, oh, oh that thing that you do that, that doesn't you make do, you any money, that doesn't mean anything, and it's a waste <laughs> of time, and I wish you'd stop posting about it. Wow, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> but like. I mean, the reality is, before we started the show, I never, I've, I'd never edited an audio before. Right. I never run a website before. I never solicited writers and had to edit their writing. And now you're doing all of these things. In it's addition, a, it's a lot of stuff. And then also, then wanting to, you know, lead retreats and preach and write and try to write other things. Like I'm, I, part of me feels like I want to write, like as a thing to do with my life. Well, when am I going to fucking find time for that? Yeah. You're busy doing a whole bunch of shit. It's just a, it's just a lot. So, um, I don't as often as I would like have people say to me, how do you do all those things? Yeah. And when people do, it actually catches me off guard. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Cause I don't expect them to notice. I don't expect people to notice. That yeah. busy. See, I have the opposite problem. I only, op- I only operate at my highest functionality when I have a thousand things going on. So is that right? Yeah, naturally, I have to have at least two bands going at one time. You know what I mean? I have you are to have always in a new band, dude. That's my favorite shit in the world. Like I love doing bands. That's my favorite thing. I mean, I'm not as prolific prolific as some people in this neighborhood, but I mean, like every band that I do, I like to do really like with my heart. You know? Did what I, I mean? tell you that I mentioned your musical career on Eric Roberts as the fucking man? No. <laughs> There's like a promo thing and. Uh, and Doug wanted to know because I'm involved with music and this is a vaguely music related podcast. So I said, yeah. Are you a musician? And I said, No, you know, I work with booking shows and stuff. I've done some promoter stuff, but uh, Josh is really the musical one. And I said, <laughs> I talked about your solo career and that you had a new band, but I couldn't remember the names of any of your bands. Yeah, none of them, no one can remember the names of any of my bands. <laughs> That's the whole issue. That's why I keep, here's the deal. I literally said, He's in a new band with Jeff Ziga. As if anyone listening to Eric Roberts is the fucking man knows who Jeff Ziga is. I was like, He's in a new band with Jeff Ziga. I hear they're fast and hard. No one, no one cares. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's one of the projects going on right now. I'm playing in a band with uh, our friend Joe Goff. 
Sure. Formerly of the Sound of Failure and uh, Kill the Man in Question. Sure. And uh, Jeff Ziga, who was in Armalite, who was in uh, Knives Out, Million Bands. Oh, uh, what's the other band, though? Um, he was in wait, Armalite, Knives Out. Uh, he was in uh, Truth Destroyed. He's in like a thousand bands. But three, three names. Uh, affirmative Action Jackson. Yeah. There you go. So, Every uh, time I see uh, Andrew Jackson Jihad. You think of AJJ, the other AJJ? Three great dudes? No, the other one is AAJ. Oh, AAJ. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Jackson Jihad. Every time I see AJJ, I think of AAJ. <laughs> but what the, I think of it thinking, what was the name of that Jeff's band? <laughs> it's funny. When I was working in Vintage Vinyl, one day we got in the AAJ demo and sure. the Operation Cliff Clavin. Demo. Oh. Like, oh, this is a pretty ridiculous day for uh, funny named bands, but uh, yeah. And then Alex Smith is singing for us. Uh, who does uh, he does Laser Life? He's a writer. He does Afrofutur- Afrofuturism stuff. He's a really good dude. So uh, that band doesn't have a name yet, but it's uh, the one distinction that we all have is that we all listen to bands like John Henry West and Torches to Rome. So that's kind of what we're going for. Okay, like a thrashy melodic, but like screamy, screamy. So. You know, that's going on. And then I'm doing another band called The Cross Keys so far with uh, Dave Adolf, who's my longtime collaborator. can't believe you called it The Cross Keys, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the name of the band. I'm offended. (laughs) I already have the tattoo. But but it's with Dave Adolf, Bo Brendley, also from Kill the Man Who Questions, and um, uh, Andrew Welbrock, uh, assistant DA in Philadelphia. So, you know, it's a very interesting band. That one's sure, a more sure. melodic style. I'm sure. just singing that one. I've never done a band where I just sang, so I'm doing that, which is cool. Yeah, you did. You, Halo, oh, Hail the Snakes. Snakes. But I, that's not really singing. That's Yo, I got to say, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Josh's musical output, go and put <laughs> uh, make a mix of Halo Snakes, Hey yeah. Angel, and Josh's solo output, yeah. and you will be like, what are these bands? <laughs> They're mildly disparate i think they're yeah a little bit <laughs> yeah but it's a good time see i had a plan to do a music band in every genre that i like is that right yeah 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 there was a uh, rap yeah. band shortly that oh, was pretty funny i don't, don't want to know about that yeah you don't want to know about that there, there was a um, non-vocal uh, godspeed you black emperor band that was that the, the Bell Bell days. sure yeah. it's a good times man have you been in a youth crew band that's never a, been that's in a thing you like. i've never done an actual hardcore band to be fair we me and josh have on paper a hardcore band called raw force raw force dude so good it's so good of an idea that we can't not do it is the thing but no one wants to be in a band with us i know and no one wants to dress up like ninjas orange ninjas (laughs) (laughs) that are the spirits of disgraced (laughs) warriors dude we got a whole thing already it's such a good idea i would try more to look like one of the uh uh, Beverly Hills Karate Club, isn't that uh, what they are? The yeah, Beverly Hills Karate Beverly Club. Hills Karate Club. I would try to look like one of those guys. Dude, if you haven't seen Raw Force, we need to do a Raw Force episode. So the greatest episode, this is the thing. Me me and Josh, we we actually want to do episodes where we delve in deep. But the, we're bad planners. So a lot of times <laughs> we pick something that won't... That, we're doing better with guests. I feel like our guests... Because it's not that any of the guests we had were bad. It's that we lucked out because we would find the guest a couple of weeks before the show yeah and if they were awesome it was just luck it wasn't yeah. like we did work to we find didn't an awesome plan guest. to be that way they just yeah. happened to be cool and be our friend and so it made a good episode to be fair to be fair we haven't had a miss yet in terms of guests either i don't yeah i don't think we have we I, haven't had a bad episode with like where the guest is just like a bummer no that's true even the people who are bummers just naturally are hilarious that's fair as well <laughs> so. uh, but i think the, the point is is that uh 
as far as our solo episodes, the same thing goes. We don't plan out long in advance what we want to do. Yeah. So if we were going to do a Raw Force episode, we not only would want to watch Raw Force, we'd want to like read about it. Yeah, and talk about it. Available, yeah. And we did that. That's the lost episode, the episode you oh, can't hear. Oh, yeah, we, that we is We did the a Raw one. Force episode. We did. Because we combined it with Miami Connection. No, we only talked about Raw Force. We just talked about Raw Force? We what did Raw Force for an hour. <gasps> we did Whack It On Track for like 20 minutes, and then we did yeah. an hour of Raw Force, and then it was gone. Dude, we're going back to that shit. That's yeah. happening again. Yeah, it would have so. been. It would have been so cool. <laughs> so, but but so I think that's this part of it. I just I know also like who our audience is, and some of you would be super stoked on that. And some of you would be a little bummed, but I feel like that's <laughs> part of it. And you know, we can't just tell show stories forever. It's no, gonna be that's gonna show. it's gonna run its course eventually. Yeah. yeah. So you know, eventually, but, not anytime soon, no, but eventually, no, we have time. We have time, <laughs> and then we'll start our new podcast, whatever that is. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, Josh is talking a little bit about some of the bands. I think we we wanted to take some time and talk a little bit about Cinepunks is if you only listen to like I'm assuming there are people who only listen to this show over iTunes and they don't go to the website and they don't really know what's going on on the Facebook and they know us as like one of the things in their subscription. So let me highlight for you why you should be going to Cinepunks.com. Right. One is that our blog is starting to blow up with just some cool writers. It is. It's awesome. We, uh, Does I, it make you feel good when you look on it? Like, when I look at it, I'm just like, yo, I have not written one goddamn word. I know. I, I, and well, all these people are so rad and giving of their time and ability. <laughs> I am a poor figurehead. I mean, okay, I, I, it's a mixed bag. It is obviously pride in the sense of the website is cool and that people actually want to write for us. That's amazing. And I, and I think part of that's us. I think some of the people who write for us are not established writers. They're people who no one has ever said, yeah. hey, you, you should you write, write something. For us. Yeah. Um, and there's been plenty of people we've asked to write who said they were so excited and haven't written a word. So I don't want to let them off the hook. But the, the reality is that a lot of people we've talked to have been willing to write at least once, if yeah. not regularly. Yeah. And they've written some cool stuff. And I didn't know. Going in, these were people who I chose because they seemed mildly intelligent. <laughs> seemed to be able to write well on the interwebs. Yeah. And they had opinions I thought were interesting. And right. so that's why they got asked. It, they weren't people who I knew were struggling film critics and just hadn't gotten a chance yet. They were people who never thought anyone would care about what they thought. And yeah. they've been able to write some things that are... I mean, I think right now... I, there are things I'd like for the blog more. I'd like the blog to have a few more writers who are nerdy, who get right. in deep, who have done some research. And I'd love for us to have a few more writers who are writing about music. Um, right. We don't have as many things. Like I, I've been wanting for a while for someone to do a demo roundup. You know it would be funny if we did scene reports. Remember when zines used to do scene reports? I that's one of the things you're not in you're actually not in the writers room. No. We have like a, a chat that's like the writers room chat and I pitched a scene report as a thing like who wants to do like the Philly scene report or wherever you're from. If we had someone doing the Austin scene report yeah. Even though we're Philly based, I'd still be about it because Dude, it's awesome. Well, and it would also be like, why isn't anyone doing this for Philly? Because it's cool. The reality is, nobody wants to do it, and I think part of the reason is um, everybody's connected to the internet anymore, and it's like, dude, what are you going to talk about? I guess. See, I don't think so. This is this is what dude, I. Dude, hardcore is, is direct. Everybody at a hardcore show has an iPhone. But that's not the that's not the drawback. The drawback for me is in the way I pitched it is. Um, <laughs> 
I haven't found anyone yet that if they lived in this that lives in the city and would go to as much stuff as I used to go to when I lived in the city. Damn. I'm just putting it out there. Just throwing some hammers. People want to be like, oh, I'll do it. I'll just write about VFW hardcore shows or I'll write about how punk house shows or I'll write about film. And no one wants to write about all those things. I want I want the scene report to be Hey, you missed this fucking house show. You missed this screening. <laughs> you missed this fucking writer's event. You missed this protest, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I just wanted abroad, and I just think it's someone has it, the passion of doing the scene report is not the writing, it's the going. It's the going. It's the participating and then taking a little bit of time to sum that up. It, does, it doesn't have to be brilliant, in depth writing. It just has no. to be, you know, same thing with the demo roundup. I'm not looking for someone who is you know, the Shakespeare of hardcore to like suddenly have all these brilliant insights into demos. No, I just, just tell people what to put listen something to. Out yeah. Once a month, it's like, here's some demos that came out and they're cool. And I, I think the reality is that one of the reasons we're having trouble finding that one is that I don't know that many people who are listening to demos that yeah. could even write it for us. So I should probably do it. But to People. Well, with Bandcamp now being a thing, it's so much easier to get demos than it was before back in the day. But I think that's the thing is that people fall into two camps. They're either the people who they already they don't see the need for it because they know what's going on, mm-hmm. or they don't know how to start doing it. They don't know how to get connected, you know. Right. And so you just have to cut that balance. I, want, I need someone who can find new demos, who can solicit that, yeah. But also knows that for some people it's important that this would actually be because I really do think we have enough people interested in Cinepunks that if we regularly posted here's some shit to check out here's some demos they would check it out and if we posted that enough then ban the work the thing about all these things is that the workload goes down yeah once you start posting that and people notice it then, then bands start sending you shit you don't even have to search it out they say oh hey, we have a demo check this, this out yeah. yeah check it out so I just I'd love for someone to have the app I didn't want to go so long about negative, though, because the positive is we already mentioned Nick. Nick is writing an amazing column for us regularly. Kevin Hare. Kev Hare's. Here's the thing. I like humor, and I like annoying people. (laughs) And if they can both happen at the same time, that's amazing. And what Kev Hare has managed to do, just with two. He's only done two so far. So good, though. But people, massive numbers, first of all. And uh, people are getting real annoyed, like yeah, real annoyed. It's and perfect. I love it. It's yeah, funny. So I think good. he's a funny guy. I mean, I will reveal a little bit of behind the scenes for those people who actually listen to the podcast, because a lot of people who read Kev Harris thing don't even listen to the podcast. So let me reveal something for you. The reason sometimes it's hard, this is actually work to put this column together for Kev Hare. Kev Hare actually does see movies. I think people get the feeling that... That he doesn't see movies at all. He hates movies or something. He actually sees a lot of movies. So, like, when I'm picking a, like, usually I say, Kev, what topic do you want? And he just says, I don't care. Uh-huh. You pick. Right. So then I pick the topic that I think is funny, and uh-huh. then I pick movies. So sometimes, not all the time, but so far, like, we just were working on a new one. And I, won't say, I don't want to ruin the joke, but we picked a topic, and then I suggested movies. And I was actually surprised. There were a couple movies he had seen. Yeah. Same with the teen movies one he did. 
there were a bunch of movies he had seen. So that's the thing. But, you know, I know it's goofy and people are annoyed by it. But that's great. That's yeah, what I want. It's and a good time. If you don't like it, don't read it. But I, but I also like that we have that. And then on the, I think the flip side on our website our is, is uh, Matt McCracken yeah. doing the, the conceivably leftist cinema. The dude is awesome, too. Oh, man. It's, there's, I mean, the pieces are long. So it's a commitment to read. But if you're willing to read it, like, we've gotten some people who are like, wow, I really like this. I really, really like this. Insightful you know? writing. Um, recently, we got a submission from Toy Adams. You know, one of our things was we were trying to avoid doing new movie reviews. Yeah, because everybody does them. What's a, the point? Everybody does them. B, it's a commitment. Like, once you start down that path, then it's like, if you don't get a review up in a week, you're stressing yeah. out. Like, everyone else has the review, and we don't have the review. Yeah, you got to get your we review don't up by the same time. This is... This is the thing with us. Like I've, I've we've had, both written reviews for movie yeah, sites that we yeah. needed to have the stuff on on done by a certain it, time and all this it, other stuff. It's a burden, and I respect those sites that do it. It's just we don't need to do it, and I feel that way about everything with Cinepunks. Like recently, someone wanted to hook us up with an interview with with I don't even remember what it was. They were like, "Oh, here's this thing, whatever," and I like I thought about it and I thought, well, even though this opportunity, if we really worked hard at it could get us some attention nothing about this fits cinepunk yeah and because we aren't necessarily trying to win anything right now we're not trying yeah. to like we don't have sponsors we're not trying to up our hits or anything i could just be like yeah no i don't want to do that yeah totally and that's, and that's easy now don't me wrong hit us up we want if you want to be on the show <laughs> yeah, talk to we, us we want because you. chances are we want you to be on the show but i'm not gonna bend over backwards i mean especially for like a if someone was like I'll give you 10 minutes to talk about my movie. Yeah. No, that's not our podcast, no, man. That's really someone else's podcast. Go yeah. have fun with that. If you want to come have a conversation with us, oh, I mean, I, we're finally at the point where I think we can do it over Skype even. So we can even use we the internet. so good right now. So there's the, so there's the writing. I, I mean, I, I want to highlight everybody. Max Davis has been doing some fun yes. stuff for us. And Max really organized that end of year list. That was all Max making that happen. Uh, although Joey Breeding did start it, so respect to Joey. But it was too much work for him, and Max had to take it over. And right. but he did it good. Like I said, Toy Adams had just submitted this Revenant review, and we the decided, Revenant is castration, yeah. And we decided to create like a heading for if you have a new movie review and it's not what other people are writing about. It's like your own specific Dang. perspective. We'll do it. I've had a bunch of new people hit me up with uh, column ideas that are really cool. But my favorite right now is Alejandro. Alejandro's films from the void, partly because we made it up together. It was just a conversation where he's like, I want this. And I said, I want this. And we just started negotiating back and forth about what we wanted to do until we came up with an idea that worked. Uh He wrote up that ghost chase movie. I'm going to be writing up in theory, Ninja busters for that column. I sent him some movies to review. Um, We're going to be reviewing both random. He has a huge VHS collection. So we're going to be doing random like VHS weirdness, but he also has some like arrow films and some screen factory and whatever. So there'll be a few things going on there and that's open to anyone. If you're like, I want to write about weird exploitation movies or I want to write about, you know, unseen sci-fi movies. That's our, we made a wheelhouse. We created that thing for that. It's called out of step. I named it. No, that's the Toy Adams one. Oh, that's the Toy Adams one. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Alejandro's is Films from the Void. Films from the Void. But Out yeah. of Step, yeah, you did name that. I that did was, name that. I you, did name that. When you said it, I got so mad because it was so obvious. <laughs> you said it, Out of Step, and I was like, motherfucker, that's right. There you go. See? <laughs> um, 
Okay, but yeah, okay. So yes, the writing has been amazing. Yeah. And uh, if you're someone who's been working on stuff and you haven't gotten it in yet, please do. Yeah, just uh, and hit us up if you have an idea, dude. We we don't judge at no, all. No, no, no. We want to have a conversation with you about what you want to do. And uh, I'm not ashamed to say, like, we definitely want diversity. Like, it's weird because diversity is so important right now. Yeah. A lot of people are like backlashing against that, you know? Yeah. And like I'm supposed to apologize because I want women and people of color to write for us or something? No, no. No, no. I'm not going to apologize for that. We are specifically wanting women. I mean, we've had a lot of awesome white dudes write for us. I have all respect to them. Yeah. But women in POC, if you got something to say, Aaron Sanish did a great uh, first run for our uh, Love in the Time of Collars Up column. <laughs> I haven't gotten to write anything for it yet. Uh, hopefully that column will come back soon. But um, yeah, any 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 uh, anybody who feels like you have an outsider voice, we want to talk to you about what you want to write. Absolutely. So well, we will totally give you the platform for which to sound off on what you want to talk about. But it's not just the writing, though, Josh. No, huh? it's not because we also got other podcasts happening. We have podcasts that, uh, out of the crazy. wazoo. Dare I say? Because this all started with uh, our good friend Justin Lore. Justin Lore had a podcast called Horror Business, or has one called Horror Business. He's doing it all by himself, recording it on his own, just him on there, hosting it himself, uh, promoting it himself. It's just I, I, anyone who's done this, it seems easy. Like you just record yourself talking, you're done, and that's it. No, that takes a lot is. more there's work. A, Ask going on. There's there's a lot there's a lot you got to do between editing and promoting and hosting and all this stuff. So I just you know I like Justin. He lives in my town, so it's easy for us to hang out. I already wanted to watch movies with him. Yeah. So I just said, hey, Justin, let's do a podcast together. And there you go. Horror, Horror business, business was born again. The plan was back from the dead. The plan is we are doing double features uh-huh. and then we talk about them. So, uh, so far we've done two episodes together. We did an episode with uh, Don't Look Now and Opera. We did an episode with Black Christmas and Troll Hunter. Our nice. next episode is The Brood and Possession. Awesome. Uh, so I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a cool show. Um, I like the chemistry me and Justin have. And Laura's dude, Laura's like one of our own. He is Cinepunk's member. And he's really, and and part of that was like, Hey man, I want to do this with you. One of the things I'm going to need from you if we're going to expand is help with, you know, some website stuff with some Facebook stuff. So, uh, if you've gotten a reply recently on a Facebook message, it's probably lore. I've not been on top of it. You know, Josh hasn't been on <laughs> yep, top of it. Definitely not on top uh, of it. And I'm teaching Justin a little bit of the website stuff. I mean, it's, it's, if you haven't done it before, it's difficult to learn at first. But once you get it down, it's not that hard. And he's been totally helping out and getting yeah. stuff posted. And he writes, I don't have to write up the show notes. He goes into it, really. I mean, his show notes are way better than mine. <laughs> They're good. They're so professional. And I, my show <laughs> notes, I'm always so annoyed after editing. My show notes are just like, all right, guys, here's the show. Here's some fucking <laughs> things you should know. Uh, the sound sucks. Sorry. Okay, bye. And that's like it. Justin like put time into it. He thought about it. And he anyways, listens to it. Yeah. I just think hard business is a classy Classy operation. Uh, and then once we announced Har Business, we immediately got hit up by friend of the podcast and all-around gentleman and scholar, Joseph Gervasi. Yes, absolutely. One of our favorite people. He was one of our longest episodes that we did. That's true. And he was one of our uh, strongest supporters, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, he's really hooked us up. If you checked out the Salad Days interview or the... the uh, it's Going to Blow. It's Going to Blow interview. Those only happen because of Joe Gervasi. Or Joseph Gervasi. Joseph Gervasi. Because... Joseph really he he got hit up for stuff because of his project, which we are now hosting. Uh, Loud East. Fast Philly, it's called. Yeah, and it's a, a document of 
documenting stories of punk in Philadelphia. And because of that, he would get these connections. And rather than just leaving it alone, he invited us to be a part of that. Yeah, he was like, yeah, we're that. doing this. And he, uh, he, he brought us into a fold that we probably would have taken a lot longer to get in touch with. And if you've, not. if you've listened to that episode, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to take any friend and put them up on a pedestal. But with Joseph, it's like he's been involved, whether it was the Cabbage Collective, whether it was Exhumed Films, or whether it was Loud Fast Philly. He's been involved in these projects that have had huge influences on us and our yeah. lives. And Loud Fast Philly has a pretty broad appeal. He's gotten to do it in the West Coast. I know I've talked to people who I don't even associate with punk rock who've, yeah. uh, uh, who've, heard who've it. checked it yeah. out, you know, and I just think it's a really important project. So the reality is he had not figured out a way to have that appear on iTunes in a way that was easy to access. So uh, he wanted to know if we could help with that and it would be part of the Cinepunks network, growing yeah. network of shows. And so we were like, of course, of course we want to do that. Why wouldn't we want to do that? You know? Yeah. Um, so we're we're really proud of that. We're it's a slow rollout. Uh, for those of you who want it all right up front, I apologize. The reality was like it just gets more attention if we do it day, day by, by day. day. Yeah, plus, there's like seventy interviews. Plus, man. it makes my life easier because doing seventy interviews all at once was going to kill me. Yeah, yeah, you know but it's awesome though, and we for forever grateful to Joseph. Yeah, and uh, all the love and support that he's shown us. Dude. He's he's just a supportive guy when he. I and mean, then the other thing is, if you listen to those episodes that we did with him, like yeah. the the interview ones, yeah. It's he doesn't even like. There is no monkey wrenching. He just fits right in with us. Like we're all we all speak the same language. It feels like you know what I mean. Yeah, so. I think that's true. I mean, I think obviously there's differences between all of us. I'm sure, um, you know, we'll, we don't. We're not all sort of copies of each other. Joseph no. has his own opinions. Yeah. I think. I think we just. I think recently I disagreed with him about like. Uh, uh, John Wayne or something. You know, uh, but it's the thing about Joseph is like. If you don't know him, I just think he's just a really great guy. I think he has yeah. interesting ideas. I think he um, is really trying to like make something happen. Um, oh, and I also forgot about uh, Diabolic. Diabolic. Yeah, Diabolic DVD. DVD. He, he dude, this guy is seriously has been nothing but fucking good luck and an angel yeah. to us. Like, yeah. So Joseph, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, I love you and uh, <laughs> it's totally awesome. We think you're the best. Um, so yeah, so and, loud fast, man. That's yeah. part of the Cinepunks network now. And so those are the three shows we have going right now. And then there's a new one coming down the pike. You want to talk about this, John? Yeah, this one is called The Mandate with uh, John Wren and uh, our friend OB, who also was on the both both people who were guests on the podcast. Yep. And uh, in my quest to see a movie every week, I'm taking one of them. And we're going to watch the movie. Sure. And then we do a quick shot, twenty minute uh, dissection afterwards. Yeah. Which we'll hopefully post once a week yeah. as we see the movies. Yeah. And, and uh, it'll be a little. We're we're going to get this up soon. Um, as as everybody knows. Uh, recording on the scene is not easy. It's difficult. We did it in the lobby a couple times, and it just ends up like people just talking and stuff. It's pretty funny, but uh, you know, we're trying to do it so it sounds good and uh, that it, it's a good quality show. Sure. And um, I wrote a song that I play on it's a ukulele. Really great. It's, it's really pretty great. funny. So uh, that'll be coming soon. As soon as I, I mean, like, let's be honest. I am between the two of us. I'm the tech idiot, like fucking moron. No, I mean it's not that bad, but it's, it's I've definitely done sad. it more. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I'm trying to get that together so I can also contribute to Cinepunks more, but uh, <laughs> so that I can get this podcast together. Well, but I think I think the man. I think of the ideas. I mean, we've kicked around a few ideas for new shows if we wanted to do new shows. But I think of the ideas. Uh, the mandate really appeals in the sense of. 
it's an opportunity to have a regular thing. It's not hard to yeah. do. It's a regular update on movies. And for people who want to hear what you're thinking, it's like new people involved. Yeah. I just think there's a lot of like dynamism there and it takes away some of the need on Cinepunks. I, I think every episode of Cinepunks, it's tempting to just talk about everything. Yeah. Like we could yeah, just yeah, go yeah, on yeah. a, you know, one of the things I watched recently was, uh, I didn't mention whacking on track. I forgot was, uh, uh, what happened? Miss Simone, the Nina Simone documentary right. on Netflix. Right, Amazing. Right. I loved it. It was great. We could spend a whole show talking about that, yeah. you know, and maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. But the point is, is that, um, one of the things we want to avoid with Cinepunks is that feeling of, Oh man! Every episode we got to talk about every new movie. Yeah, like we that's spend that's them. not why we made a podcast. No, it doesn't work for what our purpose is. But with your your new show, people can find out what you think about these movies, and so As like they happen. Oh, did you hear the mandate? Like on this movie, <laughs> like that was cool. Like I, I think I want to see that now. You know, like yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. helpful. It's good. I think it's good, and it gives us good, easily manipulable content. You know what I mean? Like yeah. easy to put out and stuff. Yeah. So, so big ups to to John and Ob for helping with that. That shit's gonna be awesome. So that's coming up. Is there any other shows that we have happening for us? Or well. We've been talking to, in both the writing and the podcast realm, we have some conversations about new ideas about stuff. I will say, um, this is part the part of the show where we can be a little bit solicitous. Yeah. If you are someone who works in sound. Ah. Uh, and not all, just John Paul Golaski, because you also are an angel to us. Yeah, John Paul has already hooked us up with some equipment. But if you're <laughs> someone who works in sound, sound engineering, anything like that, and you have extra equipment, uh, we would love to talk to you about that. Um, we might be able to buy it off of you at a cheaper, reasonable price because we're poor. Uh, or if you want to <laughs> donate it, we'll take all your donations. We might even give you a T-shirt for it if you Sweet. want. Sweet. Um, but yeah, like we could use help with sound. We've been soliciting writers. One of the things that sites forget to solicit is editors. We would love to have some editors. Ah, that'd be sweet. I thing. didn't even think of that. If we added more shows, the issue then becomes who's going to upload the shows, who's going to write edit them up, the shows. who's yeah. going to put it up, whatever. So we could always use more help with that. I know that's less exciting. Everybody wants to be the new person on the microphone. No one wants to be the new person behind, behind the, the scenes, scenes, not on the microphone. Especially for... a a totally non-profit. I mean, there's no money coming in. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I write for a site and they have a little bit of money coming in that then goes to pay for the hosting and all that. You know what I mean? There's no yeah. money going out to writers, but there's some money involved. We literally have no advertising whatsoever. Nothing. We, we right now are hyping friends things. That's our <laughs> advertising. Um, so if, if you have a small business and you want to talk about advertising with Cinepunks, we can talk about that. Um, but as of right now, there's, there's, there's no financial thing going on there. So we, I, and I'm not saying that to say, go out and ask your dad if his business wants to be on Cinepunks. No, That's no, not no, what no. I'm We're saying. But what I'm saying is grown. if you're willing to put some time in, if you're willing to maybe edit some writing, maybe post some stuff, we would love to have like a staff. It doesn't have to be big, but uh, we'd love to have more people involved behind the scenes. You know, and yeah. I, I have no trouble being the chief of staff so I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> you're good at it i'm it's, okay with that i'm not it's a hat that fits you well i'm, I'm not asking anyone to, to <laughs> run our website for us but if you want to be more involved in that way because i've asked a few people to write for us who want to be involved but they just don't feel comfortable in their writing right and i get that not everyone wants to write that's totally fine totally yeah. um and then uh, a couple people have mentioned show ideas but i will say we definitely are willing to solicit show ideas yeah Keeping in mind that I'm not going to hold your hand. 
Like we had to buy this equipment. <laughs> we have to do all this stuff. I might be willing to edit it for you, but if if we're gonna start hosting another show, yeah. hopefully, a you have an idea. Don't come to me. I want a podcast. What should I do? And b you have a means by which to edit and get it together. Yeah, to get some of it together. Like it also you, has to be tangentially related to that which we do. Well, that's true. You I can't mean, just be like, hey, here's our pottery. Well, and this is one of the struggles because I actually or... have an idea for a new podcast. We've talked about it a little bit, but I don't think it fits on Cinepunk, so I don't know if I'm uh, going to do it. What is, well, we'll talk about that. No, no, no. We can talk about it. What, what is it? So one of the ideas I had is I wanted to do uh, – people who have listened, long-time listeners to the show, yeah. know that uh, I am married to a pastor. Right. And that I am – in some way involved in church. I mean, we talked about that on the show yeah. a little bit earlier, but I guess I don't, I consider my participation outside the norm, you know? Right. It's not just normal commitment to these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My relationship, I feel like my relationship to church is like um, uh, the Impaler's relationship to hardcore. I see. Or Boston Strangler or one of these bands kind that like, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and you're I, there, but and you're I, not quite there. Yeah, and, and I really did want to pick bands that were somewhat popular because I think I'm awesome. <laughs> I think the church wants me. I think the church needs my input and they need me to be a part of what they're doing. But the reality is, I don't know if I want them. Yo, man. Yo, man. How you doing, brother? Good to see you, man. Um, so uh, the idea for the podcast is a podcast called The Pastor's Husband. Whoa. And it would be just an opportunity. It's just right now, outside of very traditional opportunities, someone asked me to come preach when they're away or something like that. Yeah. Outside of that, I just don't really have a venue for the, that aspect of my life, uh-huh. which is, in my mind, an amalgamation of a number of things. It's, it's for me and for where I'm at, religion, theology, philosophy, politics. It's a, it's a perfect cross-section of all and of aesthetics. That. All that shit is connected, and yeah. it's in, in my brain constantly. And so I want a, a venue in which I can talk about those things. And for me, looking across the podcast spectrum. Right. What the fuck did I, you just do? I no, hit the headphones. Oh, that so loud. That was a I'm terrible so sound. I'm so sorry. Um, I don't see podcasts that are for the kind of religious person that you are. Yeah. I feel and like. You're not the only one. I don't. I can't be alone, right? There's yeah, got to be other people who are like, I'm not willing to give up. I'm not willing to move on. Yeah. I'm not willing to declare myself uh, out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, you're not willing to declare your detachment. Part of it is uh, very academic. Right. I, 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 my conviction personally is that um, the concept of hard, hard line atheism. Uh-huh only makes sense if you actually think the question you're answering has an answer. Right. So um, I don't I don't actually think that in order to participate in a religious group, you have to be certain that the stories the are right. Yeah. You know, you can say, well, I'm on board for now. Yeah. And I'm figuring it out. And if it works for me, it works for me. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. So there's a pragmatic angle. Uh-huh. It's like a, a sort of pragmatism epistemologically mixed with uh, a sort of postmodern variety of things, imminence theory and things like that. Right. Uh, but not as intellectual. What I don't want though is a super intellectual podcast. Like I think that area is covered. There are religious right. studies podcasts. But there um, isn't a practical day-to-day life. Well, I mean part of that, let's be honest, part of it is just I'm not that smart. So I'm not going <laughs> to pretend I'm some scholar that I'm not. I mean, it's just not worth, it's not worth, I mean 
if I'm going to do that, I might as well just give up and get a PhD and do the whole thing. I just don't think that's who I am. Right. Plus, there's no jobs. But I don't think... So I want it to be somewhat... Pr- and I feel like the ideal thing would be if I could have guests on who were these people who were doing sort of advanced work and I could talk to them in a personal way to say, well, why does this matter for people? Why should people care about this? Because I think... I don't say that to say your work only matters if it has a real-world application. Uh-huh. I say that to say... I think a lot of people still feel like it does. They Even if what they're doing is very theoretical, they personally feel like, well, it kind of matters, though, for this. This is yeah. what I figured out. This is the thing. This is where this it is for me, yeah. Yeah, and if, if, if you were like, well, I wouldn't want to do that because my work isn't that, that's fine. I'm not, I don't think the focus would be academics, but I think one of the things we could do is have academics on. Right. One of the things we could do is have artists on. One of the things we could do is have pastors on who are struggling in there. You know, <laughs> this is not, in other words, what I'm trying to, do is have a uh, Christian focused voice that is not supremacist. One of the things right. you find is that even in the most liberal things, There's they still, still that think supremacist Christian, yeah, Christian authoritarian is all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Christianity is the voice. And I'm like, yo, man, I'm more like, yo, this is what I'm in. It's okay. It has a lot of problems. <laughs> there are things I love about it. There are things I hate about it. Yeah. And I think a lot of other people feel that way. They don't want to jump out of the boat. But they aren't convinced that this boat is the only boat. Right. And uh, they just want to have some conversations and maybe figure some shit out. And I'm all for that. That's a good thing. And even the most, what I find often too is that some of the most liberal, super liberal, liberal, liberal Christian voices are still fucking socially uptight. Oh. They don't don't curse ever. They're still weird about sex. Uh Uh-huh. They're very fine with sex abstractly. People should be able to do what they want. Right. But then personally, they're like, well, I wouldn't watch a movie with sex in it. I'm like, yo, man, sex is awesome. I'll watch some sexy movies anytime. Let's do that. I'm all about that, you know? Amazing. Anyway, so that was one of the ideas. I didn't, I didn't mean to go on for so long about that, but I don't think it, I don't think it fits Cinepunks per se. Right, right. So right. I think that's a good example of uh, if you have this amazing idea for an uh, academic historian podcast, I don't know that we're going to host that for you. Yeah. Unless but. it's an academic historian. You know, if you want to do a podcast about the history of uh, religion like, and movies or punk, oh, Christian punk. Yo, what if someone had a hard Krishna uh, what podcast? If, <laughs> dude, totally fits the wheelhouse, man. That's true. I'm that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or if we could get one of those dudes from one of those early Christian punk bands in Philly to write for us. Oh. That would be pretty interesting. I don't know what yeah, they're doing some, now. Some I don't like know. That. I will, I'm, I'm sure some of those people are a little bit. Uh, are still a little bit in the game yeah. in a way that would make our skin crawl a little bit. But <laughs> if you're if you're a little more skeptical, we'll take that. But um, but all that to say, let me push all that out of the way and just say to you, we are interested in your ideas for columns and your mm-hmm. ideas for podcasts and your ideas for topics for the show. In fact, I want to, I almost forgot to do this. We want to highlight, we got a message on our Facebook, which we're partly doing this just to confirm we actually look at the Facebook. <laughs> Although this, the reply to this Facebook, funny enough, was from Justin Lore. And this guy actually started off saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm friends, friends with Lore. Yeah. So if you're wondering who got back to you, it was your friend, Justin. <laughs> Anyways, he had this whole, he has this whole theory that I think is really interesting. Uh, he starts with Gran Torino, but he goes on to say, that, you know, these movies with these older characters sort of struggling against younger people, that these movies are a reflection of the baby boomer generation. You know, baby, yeah, baby boomer we, generation we, getting older. You know, in this country, we have a lot of old people. Yeah. We have a huge mass of old people who, <laughs> personally, I think they're going to drag us all down, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> I have to watch what I say because my parents are obviously baby boomers uh, and I'm not that 
I'm not that young myself. But you're not that dour either. But, but I think on. this guy's theory, and let me name him Matt West. Thank you for writing us, Matt. Yeah. Hopefully you're listening, still listening to the show. I want to acknowledge that you wrote to us, and honestly, I showed it to Josh. I was like, oh, we'll just talk about it on the show. No. The more we talked about it, there's a lot here for us to think about. So we're going to think about this and get back to you. But And we're going to invite you on the show to talk about it with us because uh, I think that would be an interesting discussion. Yeah, you want to do that? Yeah, totally. Hey, Matt West, you want to be on the show? Yeah, hit us up, dog. For yeah. real. We have a Justin's got our numbers. We have a bunch of people who want to be on the show. <laughs> if you've hit, it, it, let me put it this way. If you've hit us up to be on the show, thank you. You're on the list. We are on the list. We are not very organized, and we're trying to get people on. And know. we're working through it. We're yeah. working through it. Justin Miller's our next guest. We're so excited about that. Yeah. You may know his artist, Haunt Love. Um, I think soon we have to have Joe Harcourt on. Joe Harcourt is going to be on. We, um, um, we're also going to have returning uh, guests. I, are we going to have returning guests? Well, we're going to do our Black Metal Symposium. Oh, that's true. And, Some of those uh, are returning guests. Yeah. We got to plan yeah. that out. That's good. We're doing a Black Metal Symposium. I think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's going to be called Black Metal and Racism. Yeah. Let's talk about it. And we've we've had some people that we have interacted with who are a little bit more well-known. Like, we're trying to get Sam Zimmerman, yeah. um, Frank Pavich, who directed... Uh, New York Hardcore Documentary, and, and Yodorowsky's, Yodorowsky's Dune. Dune. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be on or not, but he's available, so hopefully he can be on. Yeah. Um, if you know someone like that, I know I would love to get... Uh, Pat Healy. Pat Healy to be on. I'd love to get Travis Stevens. Uh his uh, producer who's worked on movies like we're still here and yeah, things like great that movie. Yeah. Definitely an old hardcore dude. Um, and like friends like, uh, you know, Wolfman cometh now works for Marvel. There you go. We'd love to have him on. I actually, anyone related to Marvel, like, uh, the agent M guy, he's an old hardcore dude. I'd love to have him on. Um, so yeah, anyone who's stoked on movies who is related to, especially if you work, if you know someone who works in films, yeah, that has a punk base. Who is part of this thing. This who's 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 scarred by this thing that we share. Yeah, who carries the same burden that we do. We'd love to have him on the show. <laughs> I say him, I'm sorry. We'd love to have them. them on the show because they could be any gender. Anybody. And again, as we said with the writing, we need to have more ladies on. We've had Jenny Dreadful on, that was great. We're trying we're gonna pretty soon have um I don't know if you've read Graveyard Shift Sisters. We'll have her on. Our girl Ashley. Um, yeah. Uh we have we have a we have a lot of people we want to have on, but if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm a young lady with opinions about yeah. ladies and punk. We're talking to you, Jackie Sedicario. <laughs> oh yeah, Jackie's been on too. Jackie, write to us. I wish Do it. I wish Jackie would write for the site. We she was a great guest. Yeah, we'll she's have awesome. her as a guest again. But I wish she would write. I think she writes good things. So that'd cool. be good. But yeah, our friend Aaron uh, Sanish of Aaron and Phil. For those who know, <laughs> Aaron, you should be on the show sometime. Do it. You live in Boston, but you should come down and be on. The yeah, show. you're home a lot, so yeah. come home and, and let's do this. Yeah. Anyways, so maybe we should wrap it up. It was productive. It was a productive tangent. Yeah. Here's the thing. We took a whole two hours to talk to you about what we're doing. It's true. Ultimately, I think what this episode is about is the fact that we can do, and you can do, whatever you want. That's fair. And uh, I like that you're trying to sum it up, trying to have a point. Dude, the point is that the world is wide open. <laughs> like, we're getting, we're getting into inspirational dude, I'm not even trying to be inspirational. I'm just trying to be honest with you. Uh, that's that fair. There isn't enough stuff in the world. You know, yeah, there I has mean, to be more stuff out there that you're not alone. If you're like us, we love a lot of shit, and yeah. we're trying to do our best to make more shit that we love yeah, be reality. I, I guess that's the thing is that like I get really bummed that I haven't written anything and I haven't put out my personal voice. But when I think about the fact that we've been able to host 
quite a few people now yeah. uh, and let them have a voice. And we have the opportunity to host even more people, whether that's on the show or they're writing or maybe new projects or maybe an event with them or promote something they're doing. That's like the best. That is the yeah. best thing. It's awesome. Yeah. And um, dude, I love what we're doing. <laughs> if that's not obvious enough. I guess this is sort of our, in some ways, our self-promotional episode, but I kind of like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, you got to do it every so often. And let me say, we mentioned it earlier, but uh, we, we have some sick collaborators. I am so happy to be the new co-host for Eric Roberts' is The Fucking Man. And Doug is definitely part of the family. We wouldn't have a website without Doug. <laughs> True. We wouldn't know how to host, like, w- the hosting of our media is all because of Doug Tilly. Uh, and I would say not only check out Eric Roberts' is The Fucking Man, which you know sort of self-promotion but his other podcast no budget nightmares is awesome it's like really good Sweet. and he he's writes for daily grindhouse he has some great columns for daily grindhouse so i support doug you know it's hard for me to support a canadian but i uh i can <laughs> get behind behold. doug tilly <laughs> our favorite canadian <laughs> he might be my favorite canadian uh he's the favorite my favorite canadian who i actually know
so yeah so um we're sorry to edit okay. all that yeah let's get get rid of that okay so let's do this right go so uh next things uh, something's coming up that we're excited about february uh, 12th friday february 12th exhumed is doing their triple feature of spanish horror movies and uh, Cinepunks will be there to sell T-shirts, our sweet T-shirts, again, by uh, Mr. Justin Gray, printed mm-hmm. by the LVAC. And we'll be doing the giveaway at the beginning of the screening for uh, two Blu-rays from um, Vinegar Syndrome, one being uh, Nightmare Weekend, the other one being Raw Force. Yep. So that's coming up. What else we got coming up, Liam? Um, that's a good question. I'm pretty psyched about uh, the Coen Brothers movie opening this Friday. I'm um, very excited. Really about excited. That. It's Hail Caesar, so that's coming up. I don't. You know, there's been a lot of discussion lately about Coen Brothers films, and I just have to be honest. I, I don't. I can't think of a bad Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, I think I like. I didn't like the Lady. Well, Killers no, we did talk about that Lady Killers yeah. and and Harbor Recruiting. But it's for the most too. part, I like Coen Brothers movies a lot, so I'm yeah. pretty excited about it. I'm trying to see what else is coming up. Um, there's a Cinemug screening of The Hunger. Yeah, I missed the Cinemug screening of um, Holy Mountain. They had to do uh, multiple screens of it because so many people responded to that, and I just didn't get in. So, hmm. yeah. Uh, the 19th of February is the Judge Show. Yeah. Pretty stoked on that. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> Are you not excited about it? I don't have a ticket, so, you know. Oh, you, you're good. <laughs> Wait, did I say that on the air? At least we won't say that on the air. Ooh. <laughs> um, and, oh, this Friday, there's a screening of Tremors at uh, the Colonial. Ah, there you so, go. Tremors uh, is pretty I'm, awesome. I might go, I might go see Tremors. Uh, and... I'm also considering the same night uh, Chris Gethard. Ah, is nice. At, uh, um, Helium? No, he's up by me at the oh. Steel Stacks. Oh. And it's actually affordable. A lot of the comedy shows at the Steel Stacks are irrationally expensive. Yeah. And he's only $15. I was like, 15 bucks. Nice. Chris what? Gethard was awesome. I saw him at Golden Tea House on his punk tour. Oh, that's that cool. punk venue tour is fucking great. Yeah, it's so good. So do that shit. Um, yeah, and like I said, as we always say, check out International House. Check out Exum. Check out uh, Film, Film, Filamoka. Well, I was just saying as far as events. Oh, right. Uh, Filamoka. Check out uh, Philly Hardcore Shows. Check out R5. Just a bunch of our friends who do events. And, you know, we'd love to have a better list for you, but we're bad at that. <laughs> and then, yes, thanks to Amalgam Coffee for hosting us. Yeah, um, thanks we, for we having both us had again. Delicious croissants. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I think that just about does it for episode 44. Yeah, do we need to thank anybody else? Uh, thanks to all the writers, contributors, yeah. the dreamers, and the even, singers. And, and even Justin Harlan, even though his, <laughs> all of his opinions are bad. <laughs> Justin Harlan, who is my kindred spirit brother. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And that's it. Episode 44, done. Smoke bomb.